maybe it's something in his interviews, but I don't care. I mean, we just had a coach got hired straight off a of TV to come in. So you can't give me no foolishness about he's not qualified. He can't lead men. He's got the best quarterback in the game playing the way he is. The Chiefs have been the five straight AFC championship games, three Super Bowls in the last four years, and this guy can't be a head coach. That's obviously we have a hiring problem in the NFL. into it man Super Bowl what you thought bro it played out about like I thought it would it was the first game that I can ever remember where I didn't have a feeling about who should win I always have a feeling about who I think is gonna win or who well you know this team's the favorite but this team has a chance like I didn't think that at all I thought this was a super even matchup any team could have won complete coin flip and uh, and the game played out exactly like that like it was it was even, it was a great game to the end. Then I had absolutely no problem with the call at the end of the game. None at all. I, 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 if you want to say it decided the game, that's fine. I had no issue with it because the man held the man held him. And it wasn't even, I don't even care that he admitted it after the fact. I saw it during the game. I was like, it was, it was a whole, I was like, where's the flag? And then I saw the flag, I was like, oh, okay. Then it was, the, it was all, kind of, all kind of controversy. I was like, wait a minute. You know, that's the only, the only thing Greg Olson did wrong. You know, I love Greg Olson, the way he calls the games. He got that one wrong, and I think he is the one who perpetuated all of this mess. The, the flag didn't happen at the top of the route. It happened right when the dude broke back. He never talked about that. He just ignored that completely. And I think even when Pereira is like, yeah, well, Mike's over here, and Mike's like, yeah, it's, it's a flag. And he just, like, cut him off. He's like, I don't, I, I just disagree with that. You know, he didn't look at what, what really happened at the top, but... And this is where it comes in attention to detail as a coach. You notice that the, the Eagles were wearing black gloves. The other team has on white jerseys. So I was I was listening, I think it was Rob Ninkovich, and he said Bill Belichick, anytime they would usually wear the blue gloves or red gloves. But anytime a team was wearing white gloves, I mean white uh white uniforms, he would tell them to change that to white gloves. That way it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not as noticeable. Yeah. That's just a little tidbit coaching, you know, attention to detail. I was kind of leaning on the Chiefs side with Patrick Mahomes if they could protect him. And that that was the – I think that was the uh, the MVP of the game should have been the Chiefs offensive line, man. Yeah. That was definitely the biggest surprise. I was expecting a little bit more pressure from the, uh, you know, from the Eagles. But Mahomes got injured. I think that was a turning point of the game because I think, I think some doubt set in on the Chiefs side. Hey, I was scared, man. Yeah. Because when I saw him walk off and when he got to the sideline and he sat down and he put his head on that guy, so I'm like, oh, man, yeah, he was this in, is not good. He was in a lot of pain. But for him to go in the, in, the, in halftime, do whatever they did, and him come out and finish that game, I think that was a turning point. That was whenever the team was like, all right, we're following this dude. You know, we are following this dude. We are going to play as hard as we can for him. And that was the, that was the difference in the game as far as them get, getting back into it, having a tremendous second half. He played his ass off, and, and, and they won the game. So I think it's uh, overall a good Super Bowl. For me, I don't have – I have zero issue with the flag. So I'm still in the mindset of one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. But the narrative is – the, the, the penalty ruined what was a great yeah, game. I, I don't like that. I, I, I don't like that at all. I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, as part of the game, it was a penalty. The guy admitted it. Get over it. It, it, it should not taint this game at all. I mean, both, even like Jalen's performance was awesome. You can't, you cannot take away from this game because of a, a penalty because you're pissed off and, oh, they should swallow the flag. No, you don't swallow the You got to call it. You gotta call what's what's being called. Now, you can argue they miss calls. They miss calls on both sides. It happens all game long. But that did not decide that game. If there was ever an argument for me, just just you know, this is just me. You know, I I have a I have a very nuanced way of watching games, and I I don't I don't see things quite like other people, and I don't know why. I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just how I see it. If there was ever a worry, ever a time where we could give the MVP to a team to a guy from the losing team, I think you could make a strong argument to give it to Jalen Hurts because that game, his game was unbelievable. The three rushing touchdowns, one through the air. Uh, he's the only reason why the Eagles had a chance. I think 
that the Chiefs, Mahomes did carry him at the end, but the Chiefs were in position to win the game because of the defense and the defense, the way the defense played and the offensive line blocking the Eagles' defense. Now Mahomes did his thing at the end, and they, and he definitely was one of the reasons why the Chiefs won the game. But the only reason why the Eagles were in that game is because of the play of Jalen Hurts. And he's actually the reason they lost because the fumble. You know, that's the only that's the only disagreement I could have with what you're saying. Yeah. Because that his fumble turned into a touchdown, which is actually the difference in that in the game. It's just crazy if the, if you think about. Let's just say everything goes exactly the same. Everything happens exactly the same except the penalty isn't called. They kick the field goal, and the Eagles get a minute and a half left. The field goal's missed. Because Bucker missed one earlier. Right. Everything plays out exactly the same. The penalty's not called. Bucker kicks another field goal. Miss. Now the Eagles get the ball. They go down and kick a field goal. It wouldn't have to get very many yards. It would have been maybe maybe 30 yards. All of a sudden, Hurts is now the MVP. Just because they just because they won the game. He might not have even done anything. Let's say, let's let's just for the sake of argument, let's say on that first play from scrimmage, he hands it off to Sanders or, or Bart Scott or whoever had the hot hand. And that guy breaks it 30 yards, they get in field goal range, they take a couple of knees, kick a field goal. Hurts had nothing to do with that final drive, yet now he's the MVP. It's just weird how well, the quarterback little things like always that, wins the MVP. Always. Always, no matter what happens. The quarterback of quarterback, the winning team. Yeah. I had no issue with giving it to Mahomes. None at all. But if for some strange reason they would have announced that it was Hurts, I, I, I would have been okay with it. I mean, like I said, maybe it's something in his interviews, but I don't care. I mean, we just had a coach got hired straight off a of TV to come in. So you can't give me no foolishness about he's not qualified. He can't lead men. He's got the best quarterback in the game playing the way he is. The Chiefs have been to five straight AFC championship games, three Super Bowls in the last four years, and this guy can't be a head coach. That's obviously we have a hiring problem in the NFL. And just to, to take that further, both of the coordinators from the losing Philadelphia Eagles just got jobs today. And Eric Bieniemy cannot get a head coaching job? Something, something. I'm, I'm sorry. The NFL has a problem. I mean, hiring coaches of color. It, I mean, head coaches, of, they can do anything else, but to get that spot, it's just you can't tell me what this guy, anybody else, anybody else. If Eric Bieniemy was any other nationality, he would be on somebody. He would be coaching somebody's team. I mean, there's no way anybody can tell me any different. But for some reason, I, I just don't know. I, it's mind-boggling. There's certainly a problem. There's certainly a problem. Now look, you can't tell a business owner who to hire, especially a billionaire. They don't like being told what to do. They just don't. Uh, I mean, it's like the NFL's put these things in place. The the, uh, the Rooney Rule. That's a bunch of crap, man. They 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 do a bunch of sham interviews just to get through the Rooney Rule. But they're gonna hire who they want to hire. But go ahead, man. I mean, I'm it, it's it's frustrating because you can't tell me everybody's trying to find a Patrick Mahomes and trying to get there, and it, this guy's being crowned as you know one of the, top three quarterbacks ever to play the game already in five years and this guy can't get a head coaching job no yeah i don't get it man because it's got to be something else right it can't be strictly because he's black oh that's what i'm saying i don't is something wrong in his interviews I, i mean and then you have the biggest backer and one of the most loved coaches in the history of the league andy Reid backing this guy so it's kind of hard to say that he didn't prepare him how to interview. But, yeah, something else has to be going on. I I, I don't know. I can't call it. Yeah, it, it just smells fishy. It just doesn't make any sense to me because his name has been so hot over the last few years. And, and this topic is such a, a hot topic of contention that you would think somebody would have just taken a chance on him, even if they didn't believe in him. You know what I mean? Even if he interviewed horribly or they had another candidate or somebody. I mean, look at teams like the Texans. Who just hired D'Amico Ryan's? Who's, who's who's a person of color? But just to say, like they hired Lovey Smith, like, and 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 Lovey Smith's a person of color, but yeah, but they did that on they they were forced into that move. We don't get into all but of that. But why not why not give the enemy a chance? Right. Or even right. just some of these jobs, I I I don't 
I don't know if in this specific circumstance if his race is playing a role. Do you think it is? Well, what else could it be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to make that argument when you see other black coaches getting hired. No, it's not a plethora of them. But we but don't get like we a, don't get black like coaches as head coaching hires. Well, I mean, we got D'Amico Ryan's. Okay, so we have D'Amico Ryan's and Mike Tomlin. Okay, so what? So what would be the number of black coaches that we could get to? Because I think at one time we had six. What would be the number that we could get to where it would be? I don't know, acceptable. An acceptable number? Would it be half? Would it be more than half? Like, when do we ever get? When do we get to the point where we're like, all right, we're we're at the spot, we're at the point. I don't think it should be a mandate of how many, but I mean, I think it should get a fair shake. I mean, it should be a fair shot at earning a job, and once you get the job, to have a fair shot to be able to do what I need to do. Uh, I mean, Steve Wilkes, he got one year in in in, in Arizona, one year with with a, a Roach as a quarterback, Josh Rosen, who they drafted. They had no offensive line, and then they, they fire him after one year. Then they go get a loser in Cliff Kingsbury, who never won. He never had a winning season in, in Texas Tech. He had just got fired, and it just took the job, OC job, in, in USC. And you hire him? Yeah. There's something wrong. I'm, like, I don't think there should be a number, but, I mean, there's a lot of qualified coaches that have been coaching in the league, man. They're, just, they're not getting a fair, a fair shot. Uh, and that's a shame, but at the end of the day, I mean, until you can break into that ownership of a team, which is so difficult to do, I don't think it'll ever, it'll never change, man. I don't know if there's any coaches like this that I can ever remember just so obviously not getting a chance. There might be some, like, you remember they had a defensive coach. I want to say he was a defensive coordinator for Arizona. All right, the dude's name is Ray Horton. Yeah, I remember Ray remember Horton. Ray Horton? Yeah. He was a hot name for a couple of a couple of hiring cycles, and he never got a chance. I think the bigger issue, and this is a big issue, I'm, I think the bigger issue that nobody really talks about, like this, this issue gets talked about a lot. The bigger issue that nobody ever talks about is the fact that black coaches – Rarely, if ever, get a second chance. That's true. Like Vance Joseph, he'll never. He's never going to get another chance. Uh, uh, I mean, look at the job Steve Wilkes did taking over after after he fired uh, what's his name, uh, Matt, Carolina Matt Rule. Matt Rule. I mean, and they they played it out like, oh yeah, he was in the final running. Man, it, he had them in the contention for the playoffs. After Brian Flores. Trade. Well, Brian Flores obviously is not going to get hired as a head coach. He's suing the league. That's just not going to happen. I mean, he's overly qualified for sure, but it's just not going to happen. I mean, I can't blame owners for that. You're suing him. Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell got the shaft in Detroit. Detroit ain't been right since. They just turned in the corner. You know, even even Jim Ursay shafted him. I mean, how do you fire a coach? That that. I'm glad you brought him up. He went to the Super Bowl. Or did he go? He went 14 and 2. Peyton Manning gets hurt. Well, he was the, he was the coach of, uh, of, of the Colts whenever they got run over. So Dungy was the coach in 06 when they beat the Bears. Caldwell was the coach in 09 when the Saints beat him. Okay, right. So Peyton Manning breaks his neck. They go 1 and 15. You're out of here. That's 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 crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Sherman Lewis, he never got a chance. Uh, Denny Green had a brief second chance with Arizona. Yeah. Uh, Tony Dungy, he got a second chance with the uh, with the Colts. Uh, Ray Rhodes, if you remember, Ray Rhodes yeah, infamously coached the Eagles, got a second chance with the Packers, and only got one year yeah. with the Packers before they fired him. So, I mean, there's a 
But I mean, we're talking about 50 some odd years of football, and we only, we ain't even got 10 names right here. We talk about a guy like Dennis Allen, who was horrible in Oakland, comes over to the Saints as a defensive coordinator, and does well as a defensive coordinator, but I don't think that if Dennis Allen was black, he would have got that opportunity. Even if the defense was lights out. A guy like Ray Horton, who his defenses were great those few years in Arizona, he was a hot name, and he didn't get an opportunity. But honestly, aside from Ray Horton was the one that came to mind, and Eric Bieniemy, I don't recall or remember guys just straight up not getting an opportunity. Or, or, or names of guys that I'm like, that guy should have got a chance. And, and then they just didn't get the chance. Now, a guy like, say, like a Leslie Frazier who got the chance in, in Minnesota, didn't do well, and then now he's never going to get another chance. I think that's a larger problem that is rarely discussed. So, you know, I don't, I don't know how to fix it. I, I've always just wondered, like, how many black coaches do we need? And I know you say you don't want to put a number on it, but, like, how many would we need to get where it would be, you know, be an adequate number? Because right now it's definitely not. And the majority of the players in the league are black. So you would think that the majority of the coaches would be black. But that just seems not to be the case. And I don't know. You know, it's almost like the stigmatism back in the day when we had no black quarterbacks. Or they ain't smart enough to play that position. That's totally changed now. So over time it's changed. But I think that this is a different dynamic with the coaching uh, it's all about ownership, man. Ownership's going to hire whoever they want. So I think the only remedy to that is to get more minority ownership into the league, which is next to near impossible. Because, I mean, the amount of money it takes to get in, uh, you know, as a majority owner to even have a say-so in anything. So I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I just wish people would get a fair shake. You know, even like Bianami, he was in the Saints building last year, and they – Oh, we're going to go with D.A. I mean, everybody knew they were keeping Dennis Allen. So every interview they did, it was bogus, you know. So I just think they they, 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 they just circumvent the rules. They're going to hire who they want. There's just no solution to that, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame, but it is what it is. I mean, it's the reality that we live in, man. You know, and, and you know, just to wrap up on the enemy now – Oh, he's considered for another OC job. Like, man, it's, it's time for him to get give the man a shot. Give him three years like they give everybody else. All right, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you can't tell me he, he doesn't deserve a shot. I agree. I agree. And I think he's the one that I can remember, man, the one coach that's really not getting an opportunity, and I don't know what or why. Man, everybody's coaching staffs get rated for coaches – when somebody starts winning, but he's the only one that just even Matt Nagy got hired right. off of that staff, and now he's back over there underneath Arabian. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just that's just mind-boggling. So, yeah. Well, football's over, man. How you feel about football being over? Uh, it's time for a little break, man. You need uh, a break? Yeah, I was wondering I, I, if I yeah, you'd ever have withdrawals about football or uh, how you. No, nah, man, it's time. It's time for a break. Like a lot of people, it's like, hey, man, USFL is about to start. I'm not watching that. I'm just, you know, but we still got, we got a lot of storylines that's coming up for the offseason. That's going to be real interesting, man. You got this quarterback movement may happen with Aaron Rodgers. You got the combine and the draft coming up. Everybody's going to be doing mock drafts. So it's not like it really stops. But, yeah, every Sunday, you know, looking, watching games, like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, that brick is needed right now for me. NASCAR is starting up. Yeah, man, Daytona, Daytona 500, 500 on Sunday. Matter of fact, tomorrow and Thursday, we got the the 2150s. So, looking forward to that, man. I, hopefully, it's better than that foolishness we watched. Uh, was it last Sunday? The Clash. The clash. The yeah, clash. Was, <laughs> they, they missed on that one. <laughs> they missed on that one. Well, you know, they actually have gotten, they got like 3 million more viewers than they did last year. That's like a wow. huge thing. But the racing they ain't racing. I, uh, I'm getting back into it. I I was a big NASCAR fan from like 04 to like 08, probably. And then I got out of it and I'm getting, I've decided, I made a decision, I'm going to get back into it this year for no reason, really. 
I, I started watching a lot of videos and kind of reminiscing about stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I, a lot, most of the drivers, I don't know their names, but I didn't know their names in 04 when I got into it either. And you just learn as you go and kind of pick your favorite driver. So I'm getting into it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I don't know how much NASCAR we're ever going to talk on this podcast, but... Oh, uh, we will, man. We got, but yeah, got I, I'm, I'm getting I'm get back into it. <laughs> I'll get back into it this year. Um, NBA trade deadline stuff. A lot of stuff happened. Yeah. Uh, I guess the first thing that we could talk about is the Kyrie Irving to Dallas. I like it. I, I love it. And, you know, I, I, it's one of these things where I heard, I think Michael Wibon said it, where the American public is blinded by Kyrie Irving's talent. And I fit in that category. I mean, I, I'm falling victim to the fact that I am blinded by his talent. I know that he's a cancer. I know that he's an awful teammate, probably the worst teammate in the history of team sports. But, man, he is so talented. You pair him with Luka, I have a hard time believing that that's not going to work. And so I like it. I love, I love the move, and I think it puts them into the top three or four teams in the West over time. And I think, I think they're going to end up getting a championship. I really do. Let me say this. Kyrie or Irvin is a roach. Okay. Come on, man. That's not fair. He, he, he's a great ball player, but he's a roach. I'm sorry. It, it, this guy has single-handedly destroyed three big threes on purpose. And I'm not knocking his talent. And I, I Luka, Luka Donich is my favorite player to watch play the game right now. And I don't. I didn't like Kyrie going to Dallas because it's two ball dominant players. They both need the ball. And Kyrie, once he starts dribbling, he thinks he's Curly Neal from the Globetrotters, and he's just not going to pass it. He's, it doesn't matter how difficult the shot is, he's going to jack it up. And I just think it's going to mess up what Luca has going because Luca's kind of like that point forward, and he he likes to dish the ball. He can get it. He can get you forty. He can get you fifty. I just don't think that's going to work. And then you cannot depend on Kyrie Irving. He might go to the team tomorrow and like, yo, at the All-Star break, I ain't coming back because I'm going I'm going to NASA. I'm, I'm training to be an astronaut. I'm going to prove that the world's flat. <laughs> I mean, you can't depend on him. I mean, he, he what, in the last four years he's been with Brooklyn, I think he only played 150 games. They play 82 games a year. He's only played 150. Between being hurt, and just like, you know what, I got a birthday party to go to. I'm going for like 12 days. Or no, even inform the team. Well, we don't know where he's at. Well, uh, I mean, you know, he is a talent. And I think at the end of the day, I think Dallas made a big gamble. I would not have given up what they gave up to go get him, not having a guarantee that he is going to re-sign with me. Because I really think Kyrie's ultimate end game is to get to L.A. and get back with LeBron. Now, if I was LeBron, no, nah, you didn't want to play with me before. When we had it going, I don't want you back here now. So but, that is not but, LeBron's stance. No, no, LeBron. Not, Le, LeBron wants because LeBron's desperate. LeBron needs somebody else to help win. You know, the, the championships. He doesn't have it right now. But you know, Kyrie Irving, hell of a talent. I just think he's a roach as a person. Do you think Kyrie is smart? He is very smart. I mean, the guy went to Duke. So you don't think that he has the ability mentally to realize the error of his ways? He hasn't yet. Right. He hasn't I mean, yet. he's almost 30 years old. I mean, or 31 years old. But you don't think that... See, I see. I think he's way above average intelligence. I don't think he's dumb. Now, he has dumb ideas and dumb beliefs. That doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means you believe dumb shit. And that happens sometimes. But I don't think he's dumb. And so I think that you I think that I think that the key sign to intelligence is being able to self-reflect. Now you're right, he has not been able to self-reflect lately. And I'm gonna be honest, his first couple of press conferences since he's joined the Mavericks have been worrisome. It has been worrisome. But I just gotta think, it might not be this season, but I gotta think in the offseason, he's gotta realize that this is not working. Like the way that he approaches the game. The way that he approaches his teammates, the way that he approaches the way basketball works, and the way that winning has to happen, the way he does it is not working. I don't think he cares. I think he's selfish. Yeah, that's the only explanation you can have. If that's true, then is is destined for failure. And I'm not saying that you're wrong at all. 
because everything that he's done up to this point proves you correct. I just think that he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to reflect on what's happened, reflect on the way he's been he's been carrying himself, and change. He has to change. You know what's gonna humble him when when he gets the free agency, and nobody's gonna offer him the money that he thinks he's worth. That if that that's gonna happen, that's what's gonna happen because nobody's gonna pay him what Brooklyn offered. You know, in Brooklyn, he didn't like the number they offered. He wants a max deal, dude. I can't depend on you for max. I can't. I can't give you that. You know, now if 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 Dallas decides to try to re- if he decides to resign in Dallas, it's less than what he could have gotten in Brooklyn. But I mean, if he gets on the open market, nobody is gonna pay him what he thinks he's worth. You're right. You're right. So he's that, not going. He's not gonna get 40, 45, no. 50 million. Another reason why I like it, and listen, I know that all, I want to say, I mean, I say all, most billionaires are very smart, right? And if you own a team, if you own a sports team, you're more than likely a billionaire, and therefore, two plus two, you're smart. So the majority of these owners are smart people. But we have a more of an inside track to the owner of the Mavericks. And more we get to see he's more open and out there we get to see more of the way he acts the way he talks the way he thinks and so i think that for mark cuban to make that move he sees he saw something there or he had a conversation with the man or had a conversation with somebody who relayed a message or he's gonna have the ability to maybe influence the way that Kyrie does things and so We'll see. We'll see if that proves true. But I think that Mark Cuban is kind of like the perfect guy, where he's like, you know, I'm not going to put up with this. I will fire you, and I, I, we're not going to have this on my team. And and Kyrie, it's going to be up to Kyrie to abide by that. Will he or won't he? Is that to be seen? But it's a calculated risk. It's a gamble. It's a it's a rental. It's a, basically what they about 28 games left after the All Star break. It's a it's a 28 game rental. The West is wide open. Hey, why not take the shot? I mean, and, and see if we can get there. Uh, and if we don't get there, I mean, what the hell? I, I tried it. I tried to get Lucas some help. Uh, and really, basketball. Let's be very clear here. I don't think draft picks are as important in basketball as they are like in football. Because after you get outside the lottery, like the first ten picks, I just think it's all whatever. It's very rarely that you get a superstar or somebody that. You know, they're only drafting what? There's two rounds in the NBA draft. There's only a handful of people who ever came out of second round that amounted to anything besides a rotational small piece. So I, I just don't think draft picks are that important in the game of basketball. I can give them away, and then we'll make another deal somewhere. They just keep floating around, all of these pick swaps. And if you're not in that lottery situation, which those, the guys that are coming out of college anyway, they're not even ready to play ball. They're one and done. So I don't think it really makes that big of a difference. So I don't think it's really that huge of a gamble. Now, giving away a couple of players that might be some key defenders for you, that's a problem. But, I mean, I don't have a problem with it taking a shot at it. I just don't like it for Luka because uh, I just like Luka with the ball, man. And he distributes the ball. He's just, he's just a fun guy. And I hate to have him. He's excited about it because he's like, man, I got some help. I got some help. But when I watched I watched him play last night, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, man, Kyrie was curly needle, man. Metal Lark Lemon out there. He just started <laughs> dribbling and he was taking some crazy shots. But I mean it is what it is, man. I think the West was wide open, but it's not I don't think it is anymore. Uh, we gotta wait to see why, because of the, the other think, big tree. I think Kevin Durant tips the tips the tides in their favor. I mean, think about this. They were the one seed last year. Now the Warriors ran away with it. I think the Warriors were probably the best team, but the Phoenix Suns were a one seed without Kevin Durant. Now they add Kevin Durant to Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Man, if they don't win the West, I would be surprised. But we have a problem right now. Okay, I, I, I get it. They, they have the they they just got the nail, the ham, they just put the hammer on the nail by getting Kevin Durant. Now Kevin Durant's had some injury issues the last couple of years. Chris Paul always gets hurt in the finals or the playoffs and he's really a shell of himself right now. I mean, he, he has trouble creating shots. This is not the same Chris Paul from three to four years ago. 
Devin Booker, I think when he's a he can score, he can do what he needs to do. Now, what they gave up to get Kevin Durant, I guess you move heaven and earth if you can get Kevin Durant. Even at 34 years old, he's still probably the best player in the league when healthy. Uh, but who who's going to defend? I mean, Chris Paul is a he's a cone. He's a traffic cone out there. You can just run around him. They, the two guys they got rid of that they sent to, to, to Brooklyn, they were their best defenders. Yeah. So now what? You're going to have to score 150 a game? You know, they, they should have the end. There should be no reason that they should not be able to get there. But, I mean, it's not a lock like everybody. Oh, man, it's Phoenix's to lose. I, I mean, we don't know. I think Kevin Durant's an underrated defender. Oh, he's a good, very good defender. Very good defender. But, I mean, we're only we're talking about you're going to have him, Chris Paul, and Dev, Devin Booker's not known for defense. There's nobody else. Aiton, you don't know what the hell is going to happen between him and Monty Williams. They get pissed off at each other. But, I mean, when the rotation comes in, who's the, you had the two guys coming off the bench that were your best defenders. Yeah. So, I don't think it's a lot, but, I mean, it definitely made them the favorite. For sure, that's a that's a huge move. Lakers got better. Yeah, <laughs> we got better, but now LeBron's been going for three games since he broke the record. I, it's just something's always wrong. And I'm, I'm, you know, D'Angelo Russell, he's a snitch. <laughs> you know, we already tried that; that didn't work. Now he said he's a grown man. I don't know, man. I, you know, Mobamba, yeah, he can shoot a few. I'm just not, I'm not excited. We're better in position than we were in before the deadline, but is that getting us any further than I think? No. What's wrong with LeBron? He's got some type of foot or ankle problem. He hasn't played three games. And he says this is going to linger for the rest of the season. If he wouldn't have broke that record, I better he'd be playing. Absolutely. You know, and I, I, I said this, I think I discussed this with you also. The amount of minutes he had to play with, with Anthony Davis out at his age, eventually it's going to take a toll on him. I mean, he, he even said it after he broke the record. He's like, they asked him about it. He's like, yeah, I'm dead tired right now, but, you know, it's catching up to me. So you can't play a 38-year-old man, no matter how, at the, and at the level he had been playing at, averaging over 30 a game, 44 minutes a game, man, come on. You know, AD, look, you know he's gonna go around sooner or later too. When he, if he just winces, he out for three weeks. And I think Reggie Miller said that. The, he said it last night or something. He said, "Oh man, if AD, that's, he's out for three weeks." So I, I'm not. I'm still not. I think it might have put my the stake in jeopardy. We might get into the playoff. I don't know, man. I don't know. One point I wanted to make about LeBron breaking that record. Uh. Lakers lost that game. Yes, and we needed it. Oh, don't do that. Magic Johnson doesn't lose that game. Kobe Bryant doesn't lose that game. Michael Jordan doesn't lose that game. I don't know, man. That's a. There's no way you break the record and lose that game. You get. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, and then he either. had 36 after the third quarter, ending the game yeah. with 38. Yeah, and did nothing. All he wanted to do was break that record. That is not, that ain't it, man. You see, and that's where, you know, I didn't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I guess we'll, this is why I can never consider him to be the GOAT. He just doesn't have the killer. I mean, it's like losing is acceptable. It's like, oh, it's okay, we'll just get it. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it at all. So, I mean... I don't want to get into a prolonged debate about GOAT status and all that, but it just you cannot be the GOAT in okay at 36 midway in the third quarter, and this is a game you need every game you can get. You score two points, it's like, oh, I got the record. I'm packing this in for the rest of the game. You know, they were even talking about Anthony Davis was a salty. Uh, he was not celebrating with him. Hey, AD said he was pissed off because they were losing the game. He wasn't playing well. Yeah. You know, and LeBron out of his own mouth. We have no margin for error. Who was leading the team in the fourth quarter to try to make that comeback? Russell Westbrook, who you don't even want on the team anymore, who's gone. That's just ludicrous, man. I don't want to hear none of that GOAT talk about GOAT James. and It just can't. You can't. You can't. 
Well, he's the goat, but it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. But uh, I mean, it's it's all subjective anyway. I mean, yeah. anybody take. Zion's gonna be out for a long time hey, after man, the All Star break. You called it. I called it when it first happened. He said he was going to be out for the season. It looked like he might be out for the rest of the season. I said three to six weeks is about to turn into the rest of the season. (laughs) I mean, that's what's going to happen. Like, let me, me, as a Pelicans fan, let me ask you a serious question. What? Were you in agreement that they paid him? That they actually... You know, paid him the amount of money that they paid him? That, that, that he was a max player, that you had to pay him, is what you're saying? Well, you didn't have to pay him. You could have you could have moved him in a trade or, you know, something. But are you okay with them? Based on the history of how long he's been in the league, because I looked it up, he's only played in 41% of the games available since he's been in the NBA. And it looked like this year he was in the best shape of his life. Something ain't right. So what are you paying for? You're paying for the guy that had you in the one seed earlier this year. You're paying for the most dominant at the rim scorer since Shaquille O'Neal. You're paying for a guy that can lead you to a championship. What if he's not a vet? But he's not His a injuries are immensely concerning. It's 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 a concern. But he is he's the type of guy you build around. I mean he just is. But his injuries are concerning. Now, there's no, I mean, there's no, nothing else to say there. The injuries are a huge concern. I don't know what the problem is. His playing style is not conducive to a player that's going to play an 82-game schedule. He might not even play 60 games in a season ever. He's going to miss 20 games a year, every year. So yeah. the Pelicans have to build their team to be able to survive the 20 games a year that Zion misses. The stretch. Of 20 games. I'm not talking about a game here and there. There's going to be a 20-game stretch of every season of his career that he's going to miss. So the team, as constructed now, is not built to survive that. We just saw the 10-game losing streak. They have to build a team that when he's out, with the idea that he's going to be out, and the idea that Brandon Ingram is also going to be out, you're going to miss both of those guys, and hopefully they will be healthy for the playoffs. So if you can survive, like, okay, during the ten game during the ten game losing streak that the Pelicans had, if they had gone three and seven, that's awful. Three and seven is not good. They would be third. They would be third in the Western Conference right now if they had gone three and seven. Instead, they go zero and ten. Now they're battling for seven and eight spot. So that's what I'm talking about. You just have to survive when he's out. That way, when he comes back, he has the ability to lead you. We saw it. We saw it. They were the best team in the West for two weeks when he was playing. Brandon Ingram was out, and they were still dominant. Add those three guys in, McCollum and Ingram and, and, and Zion, it is a recipe for a team that has a chance to contend. I don't think that the Pelicans have any have anything like that or have ever had anything like this. So you have, you're in the window. You're in the window that everybody talks about, your championship window. The Pelicans are in the window. But the guy that drives the ship and puts you in that window is always hurt. I think he has to do, like you kind of said about Kyrie, he he needs to do some self-reflection. Now, I think he did part one of self-reflection by getting into the best shape of his life in this offseason, but his playing style, like you said, is not conducive to him having a long, sustainable... And if he changes the way he plays... He's not going to be as dominant but as no, him. no. Um, what I'm saying, everything he does, it's like a, it's like an 18-wheeler going 60 to zero. Yeah, born a China shot. It, it, it's, it's, it's too hard uh, for a man of his stature. It's too hard on his, on his, his extremities. He's going to always have either foot, knee, or ankle problems. It's always. I mean, we should have known. We saw a, a precursor of that at, at, at Duke when he blew straight through his shoe. You can talk about a defective shoe all you want. That's it's a lot of talk. It's a big man. But what I'm saying, if he could just develop like a mid-range jumper, 15, 17 feet. I'm not talking about you ain't got to shoot no threes. But that'll keep some of that wear and tear off. You know what I mean? Like all the great players, like Charles Barkley was a big guy, but he had a jumper. You know, it kept it kept him playing for a long time. So I think he should work on his game and just not actually do much. A little 15-foot elbow jumper. 
and guess what? You won't be taking a beating as much as well because now you got people thrown off. You know, every time he goes in the paint, he's getting banged up. You're coming down awkwardly. Uh, so I think that's something he should he should really think into. You know, improving his game. You know, all around game to sustain him to be able to stay on the floor because. We've seen this already for the, however long he's been in the league. What you're doing is not working. It works when you're on the floor, but then you're not available. You've only played 41% of your games since you've been in the league. You know, and the Pelicans, invest, if I was the Pelicans, you know, I'm, I'm probably pulling a Sean Payton. You know, them, 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 your own trainers, they ain't coming in. You're working with our people because I think his, his stepdad's really involved. You know, when he left the team last year, they brought him to Portland. Like, who does, man, come on, man. You're going to work with our nutrition people. You're going to do our thing. I think that's what needs to happen for, for Zion. I, I've been wanting to go to several Pelicans games. i got a direct connect to go to the games. I want to see him. You know, I used to go to the Pelicans games to see players on the other team. But now that the Pelicans were good this year, I wanted to see him play. And every time I want to go see him play, he's out. You know, it's, it's, it's terrible. I don't, I don't see him coming back this year. I really don't. I mean, I I, I did. I, I had I had thought he was going to come back after the All-Star break. And then now with the setback, I mean, so the setback is going to push him into mid-March. You know, and then the setback, that sounds fishy to me. You got you had a setback playing three-on-three. Three. What, you was at Pontchartrain Park playing with the kids? <laughs> well, I mean, if if he thought it was healed and it wasn't, you know, he, he could I mean, have how been. long has he been out Four, five, six weeks. It's been. It was. It was. This was six weeks. This was the sixth week. Okay. Typical. Well, this is different though, because in basketball you're constantly running. What usually six to eight weeks is a hamstring injury, like for football. Yeah. So you got 28 games left after this All Star break. He might be back without a setback for the playoffs. Maybe. Yeah. At that point. At that point, they're not going to play him because even if he comes back for the playoffs, he and Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum have played nine games together. Right. It's just—it's not enough chemistry to you make a difference. It's not—it's not, not going to make a difference if he—if he plays in the playoffs, they're not going to win a championship. They might win a series, but they're not going to win a championship. And at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. So, if you don't see the ability for Zion to come back and risk re-injuring whatever's injured. And not win a championship, you might as well sit him down. And I think that's what they're going to do. Well, you know what? I'm playing him because look, I paid you. You you gonna earn it? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't had your vacation, man. You yeah, didn't I, mean, I don't think it's no, about I mean, that I, though. You know no, what I mean? I mean, I know he wanted to play last year and they shut him down. So I, I get it, but uh, it's unfortunate, man. I think it's two years. It's a two year window. It's 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 a finite number of years that this group has a chance to win and. There's a few more moves that need to be made for them to make it to be a championship team, but they have to get it done in the next two years. It's a it's a year of chemistry building, and then the the second year is championship. This is a wasted year that should have been that year where I think next year would have been the year we were pointing to where they have a legitimate chance. So now we're pointing to two years from now. If there's more setbacks like this next year with Zion and the team has another long losing streak like that and they're not built to survive that little Zion absence then the window is closed and it's disheartening but but I think that's that's what it is I, I'm fine with putting my eggs in the Zion basket and I understand that he doesn't play but I'm fine with going there because without him it, it's it's just it's a team that just has no identity and really no chance to do anything he's the reason why we have a chance. Otherwise, they don't have a chance. And so, go for it, man. And if it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out, you're in no worse shape than you would be if you let him walk. So, you might as well give it a shot. Yeah, I would probably, first of all, I probably wouldn't have paid him right off the bat. I probably did some type of restricted offer. Uh well, somebody was going to pay him. That's the difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody I mean, was going to pay him what he wanted. It wasn't like it wasn't like a, a Kyrie situation. I, I don't know. We I, Well, we don't know. I think and there may be some stipulations in the contract for him to earn all of the money by with health. I'm pretty sure they had. I mean, I, I would I would think that the Pelicans protected themselves. See, I was hoping he would have signed a similar contract to what Joel Embiid signed. Because Joel Embiid signed a well, massive deal. Well, that's what I'm thinking. But there's some type of there's protections right. in there. There was protections not in there. But he ended up 
earning everything. He's so good. Or he, so that's what he I would have hoped He changed for. something, and he's been healthy. He don't get hurt. Uh, I don't know. It's unfortunate, man. I, I, I might. I mean, if it doesn't look, I'll tell you this. If it doesn't work next year, at some point next year, I might have to think about moving Zion and getting. You can get a boatload for him. Somebody will take him. And because really, how do you improve the Pelicans team? Because you're not going to get a lot of free agents that want to go play in New Orleans. So I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Man. But this year, I think this year was a, a lost opportunity because the West is so wide open. I just think it was so wide. Not, I mean, well, a good thing about the, the the good positive thing about the way the Pelicans are constructed, there's a lot of stuff they got to do to to better construct the team to be a champion. But the good thing about the way they're constructed is they have their big three: McCollum and Ingram and Zion is their big three. So now. You just have to get pieces. And you talked about free agents not want to come to New Orleans. Maybe the big names. But you can get a guy like a Josh Richardson who they traded for. Maybe maybe re-sign him. Or, you know, get players in that mold to build around. And you might have to get rid of like a Herb Jones, who's been great. And I love Herb. And I want him to be part of the future. You might have to get rid of a guy like that. Or even Trey Murphy, who's also been great and taking the next step. In order to better construct the team. If you're telling me Zion and Ingram are going to be healthy, keep the team exactly like it is. Change nothing. But if you're telling me that we have to survive a 10 to 20 game stretch without those guys, you need better pieces because you can't rely on Najee Marshall and Trey Murphy to carry the load. It's just not. You're going to have. You're going to have what happened this year again. So in order to survive it, you're going to have to get somebody that. Hey, look, Zion's out. This is the period of time when Zion's out. We have to go. We have to play 400 basketball. We can't play 100 basketball. If we play 400 basketball, that's going to be surviving. When we get Zion back, we go to the moon. So you're right. A, a good free agent, a good high-end free agent is probably not going to come to New Orleans. So how do you feel about that Josh Richardson trade? I think he's a good player. I think he improved the team. Um, but, I mean, he's not exciting. Watched the game last night, and... Oh, they trying he's, to blow that one, huh? Yeah. He's the perfect off-the-bench guy. I mean, he is just – he came with the perfect amount of energy. He made the perfect play when it needed to be play, be made. He's the 3 and D guy. He got a ton of steals, found the open shots, made a couple of great passes. Like, he makes the smart play. But he's been in these offensive systems like San Antonio and Miami with extremely smart coaches, well-coached teams, and he's very experienced. That's what I like. Somebody somebody made a, made a comment that I heard. He's an adult in the room. They don't have very many adults in the room in New Orleans. He becomes an adult in the room, another guy who might be able to hold somebody accountable because there's not a whole lot of accountability happening on this team. There's too much buddy-buddy going on. This guy might come in. Hopefully it's not just a one-year deal. Hopefully they re-sign him and he becomes part of what they're trying to do. But like I said, not exciting. He's not an exciting signing. It's not anything you could be like, yay, we got Josh Richardson. However, I do think he improved the team. Cool, cool. I was kind of, I was a little surprised by the inactivity. I, I actually didn't even, I was like, man, everybody's out here making moves, and then the Pelicans are just sitting there like, and then, it, you know, I think it was a last-minute deal that they did the Josh Richardson thing. I think so. they had two targets. They had two targets that they wanted, and both of them ended up being too expensive. Right. I think wanted OG on an OB from Toronto. That was Toronto wanted one. three ones. Well, that's why OG on an OB still in Toronto because they weren't getting three ones for him. And then I think they wanted, you know, maybe a combination of, of OG and Gary Trent or something like that. And they just couldn't come to terms with it. So, you know, it, Josh Richardson is probably, if, 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 if we get to the offseason and they didn't make a trade, and we're in the offseason, and we find out, hey, the Pelicans signed Josh Richardson. I'd be like, oh, all right, that's a pretty good signing. But as far as, like, you're seeing Kevin Durant go to the Suns, you're seeing Kyrie go to the Mavs, you see uh, D'Angelo Russell go to the Lakers, you're seeing everybody in the West that's all around you getting better, and Josh Richardson is your move. <laughs> it kind of made me think they're not going to try to win a championship this year. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Because at the beginning of the season, I thought they did have a chance to win a championship. I've since come back off of that, and I think the front office is like, we're not, we don't want to get in this luxury tax because that you got to get in the luxury tax to win. 
They're not prepared oh, to do that's that. That's not going to happen. They're not prepared to do that. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think some of the decisions might have been made based on the Zion situation too. Like we know he ain't coming oh, yeah, back. Definitely. We know he ain't coming oh, back. Yeah. So why that? No, no, no. One hundred percent. That's kind of what I was getting at. You know. Yeah. But they made the decision with. You know, yeah, we're, we're, we're in the window to win a championship. However, you know, Zion's hurt. He's not coming back. Why would I go and let's just say they make a move for Kevin Durant, and that involves moving Brandon Ingram. So now you have McCollum, Kevin Durant, and Zion, but Zion's not here. If he comes back, they have 20 games to play together. It, it just it, it didn't make sense to do that. So they just said, you know what, we'll make the Josh Richardson move. Hopefully we can re-sign him in the offseason and, and go from there. Right, right, right. Hey man, let's double back real quick. I I I, I wanted to ask while we're talking about football. I meant to ask you uh, about the Saints. Let's start real quick uh, uh, about what's going on with the Saints coaching staff and the Derek Carr situation. Because I know you're pretty excited about the. Let's talk about Dennis Allen and the coaching staff right now. Of course, Sean Payton's coming in and plucking his guys who he wants. Uh, but how you feel about Dennis Allen bringing in some of the and he had together in Oakland when he did nothing. How you feel about that? I, I don't like Dennis Allen, so <laughs> so I mean, um, I feel like this is par for the course with Dennis Allen. And like I've been telling people, the Saints have no chance to win as long as Dennis Allen's our coach. So really, everything he does is moot to me. I, I don't really care. Uh, I'm not going to be fooled into thinking that the Saints have a chance to win. They can add all of the players, bring the new quarterback, sign Derek Carr, make all the right moves in the offseason. They will not win with Dennis Allen as head coach. He's just not a head coach. So, you know, everything that he's done, all the people that he's brought, it doesn't, it hasn't even really affected me. I'm more focused on 2024 when they fire Dennis Allen. Because next year, they fire Dennis they Allen? have to fire. If he, go, if he has another season like last year, they have to fire. They just have to. If they don't, first of all, they, they've already, they have already convinced me they're not trying to win by keeping him this year. But if they don't fire him next year, if they go 7-10 and 10 again and they don't fire him again, then they're really not trying to win. And I'm not – I did it last year. I fooled myself into thinking that they were trying to win. They were making the moves and they had a chance to win the Super Bowl. I'm not doing it again this year. I'm just not. If Dennis Allen's the head coach, they don't have a chance. So it's almost like a season of relaxation, a stress-free season. There's no chance Nick, to win a Super Bowl. Nick. There's no chance to win a Super Nick, Bowl. Nick, you just said a season of relaxation. Stress free season. Nick. You're gonna be on Facebook Live Monday after the game. Zero expectations. Alright, man. We got this on tape. Remember that. Zero expectations for this team. Um You know, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be a be- I think they're gonna be better. Well, think, let's look at it this way, man. Nobody in that division has a quarterback. So it's, it's for the taking. Yeah. So, but now, how far you go after that, it ain't looking too good, but, you know. So, I think they're still the front runner for Derek Carr. I know that he didn't accept the trade, uh, but I think that was more sticking it to the Raiders than it was to the Saints. I think the Saints and Raiders had a deal worked out, and I think that there could very well be an under-the-table deal with, with Derek Carr and the Saints' brass. And Derek Carr was like, look, I'm going to sign with you guys, but I just want to stick it to the Raiders. That could very well happen. I don't know if it did or not. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't sign with the Saints. But I would say if I had to pick a team that he signs with, I think it's the Saints. I think they were always the number one option. I think they played their hand correctly. He met with he met with the team. He enjoyed himself. He had a great meeting. They, they had a second meeting. He canceled all his meetings with other teams. Like, I think everything was aligning well, for it to I don't think he happen. even had any meetings with anybody else. Set up. I think he was going to go meet with Carolina. He canceled that. He stayed a second day in New Orleans. They eat dinner and stuff. So I'm gonna just tell you my issues with Derek Carr. It's not really issues, but it's just some facts. So if I'm Derek Carr, and really what the Saints are attempting to do is to get him to take less money. You know, I don't know if they're trying to do a, a, you know, a two-year Jameis Winston type deal. For I, I just you know what Sport Track is tracking Derek Carr's market value. Is at 37 million. I think that's ridiculous. But that's, you know, with the contracts that are going to come up in, the, in this offseason, you know, Norman's going to be 50 million. So putting him at a 37, the Saints can't pay 30. I would not pay $37 million for Derek Carr. I mean, the guy's, he, he 
he's 32 years old. He, we've seen it. He's almost, to me, he's like Dak Prescott. He's good. He ain't going to get you there. He's like Kirk Cousins. He's good. He ain't going to get you there. Now, on the other hand, with Derek Carr becoming a free agent, do I have to take this low-ball offer from the Saints? Or do I... I'm listening to everybody, and I go get what I can get on possibly a better team. Like, for example, if I'm looking at maybe Tampa Bay, man, they got Mike Evans, they got Chris Godwin, uh, you know, whatever the fate. They, they, you know, I'm just saying, even the Jets, if the Jets come calling, they can't get Aaron Rodgers. What are you What are you doing if you're Derek Carr? Well, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm going to get the most money that I can get because this is it for me. Like, I know this is it for me regardless. I mean, and if you're serious about having a chance, opportunity, even about the money, but if you're serious about having an opportunity to compete, like you say, you want to win and compete for championships, you, you're just not going to the Saints or any one of those other NFC South teams. You're probably hoping you can go to the Jets. I just don't know why. I mean, I know he might like Dennis. I mean, I think he probably has something for Dennis. Hey, he may draft him. Maybe I should give him a shot. But I don't think, yeah, and they're probably selling them on. Man, look at his division. You come here, we're there. We're in the playoffs. Look, we, we came a yard short of making the playoffs. Should have made the playoffs this year with, yeah, with Andy mean, Dalton. Um, no, everything you say is valid. Uh, and also, the way I feel, the way I feel personally is not the way it is sometimes. Um, you know, Dennis Allen may have sold this Derek Carr on the opportunity to win. Just because I don't have faith in Dennis Allen doesn't mean that I'm right. You know, I, they could very well go and win the Super Bowl next year. I don't know. Yeah, uh, what yeah. happens if Michael Thomas comes back and plays? And now well, you got they, Michael Thomas and Chris Olave and the offense starts I don't clicking. think that's possible, though. Because, I mean, they put a poison pill in that restructure of Michael Thomas. He, he, he just – I know you don't like the cap. Or the it's cap not that I don't matter. like the cap. No, the cap doesn't matter. The cap is cap. It you know, doesn't cap does, matter. It does matter. It doesn't. It don't. We say that, but it does. It, it has never mattered for any team ever. It, oh, it's it matter, doesn't it's matter. matter. It mattered for the Los Angeles Rams this year. No, it didn't. Yes, it no, did. No, it didn't. They, just, they were terrible and lost their no, You know why? You know why they were terrible? Because they were too top-heavy. They had no backup. They, they would have people playing that were sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings but playing. But if Stafford doesn't get hurt, they make the playoffs no, they and don't. win. They were terrible with they Stafford a, was they playing. They had a great team. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. They, they their entire offensive line went down. They had no depth because they gave it all away. Nah. Well, I mean, it was worth it. They, it was worth it. But they got they, a they championship. Yeah, they got a championship, so it's worth it. You just think out. Well, and they just gave away all their draft picks. Yeah, they haven't had a draft yeah. pick. They don't, I don't think they've had a first-round draft pick since 2016. But the same salary cap hell, but, salary cap hell is completely different than the Rams. The Rams salary cap hell, and the, and the Saints, the Saints can get if the Saints can get Michael Thomas to agree to play. He has to play, and they, and they get Derek that, Carr. That, I think that, they're fine. That's that's over. He's gone. He's he's gone. He, but he's I don't. Fine. But I don't think they have a chance with Dennis Allen. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. But the cap does mean something. Like like the man said, and white men can't jump. They can bring Bernard King in here. <laughs> we hitting two and we out. <laughs> oh man. This is hilarious, man. All right, man. I just wanted to ask you that, man. I, I, you, I want Derek Carr, man. Boy, you, you might really do take the year off when y'all wind up with Baker Mayfield. No, 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 no. no I kind of no. hurt. I heard that, heard, too. I heard, no, 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 no. I heard y'all might be going thrift no, no, shopping. No, 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 no. Sign Derek Carr. Suck next year. Fire Dennis Allen, and then you suck. Well, why not just stay with Andy Dalton for six million, and you suck? And get... I, I, I can't. I can't live. I can't live with another year of Andy Dalton. I can't. I just can't. Hey, do... you told me Andy Dalton was a top ten guy for like a four week stretch. And you know what? Those numbers were kind of. That was when they were behind in games. For a four week stretch <laughs> of the season, what did Pro Andy Football, top five what did Pro Football Focus rated him top ten right for the year? Didn't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, no, listen, he had a good year. He had a better <laughs> year than I thought he was going to have. He had a better year than I thought he was going to He played better than I thought he would. Oh, the problem with Andy Dalton is, the, this is my problem with Andy Dalton. I don't know if you watched the Steelers game or if you remember anything about the Saints and Steelers game. 
The Saints got the ball back with eight minutes to go in the Steelers game, down 10 points. They got the ball back with eight minutes to go, down 10. They had no chance to win that game. They got the ball with eight minutes to go, and they had no chance to win the game. Why? Because Andy Dalton was a quarterback. <laughs> he was not going to – he just didn't have the capability okay. to get it done. In the Bengals game, when, when Chase caught the touchdown at the end of the game to put the Bengals ahead – the Saints got the ball back. They had no chance to win the game. Now, if you have a competent quarterback, if you have a Derek Carr, you do have a chance to win that okay, game. So let's 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 let me play devil's advocate here. You do realize Derek Carr is the exact same age as Andy Dalton when they let when 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 Cincinnati let him go. Derek Carr is a young Andy Dalton. So you're gonna see the same decline from this point forward. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, he's not. He's Andy, the exact same age as Andy Dalton was. When he has more arm talent than go. Andy Dalton ever had. They have the same statistics in the last year that they played with the teams. Statistics. You read too much into statistics. I'm just no. I'm you, just. I'm, I'm talking just about the eye test. Like, have you seen? You've seen Andy Dalton play in his prime. You've seen Derek Carr play. I think in his Derek prime. Carr play the game, not the stats. Who's better? I don't know. I think it's close, man. I think Derek Carr is substantially better than Prime You would like Andy to think Dalton. he's a lot better, but he I think he's I just think he's a good quarterback. Like the reason why the Bengals never won in the playoffs is because Andy Dalton does didn't have the ability to carry you to the place that the elite defense that they had, because they had an elite defense so you're saying and Marvin Derek Lewis's Carr? offense was pursued. So you're saying Derek Carr is that type of quarterback? I think Derek Carr, if if you have if you have the right Offensive pieces around him, I think he can. So he just had Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, who was awesome last year. You got a reputable OC in Josh McDaniels. I mean, now Darren Waller, he wasn't on the field much. Did Devontae but, Adams have 1,500 yards this year? Who threw him the ball? Yeah, but I mean, they. Somebody they, had to throw him the ball. Yeah, but then they told you, you know, go home, man. They, they sent him home for Christmas. I mean, I don't good think that, quarterbacks. Just I don't, don't think that had up. anything to do with the play on the field. I think that was internal. Josh, Josh McDaniel, who's well, no, it was a contract thing. It was, it was a contract situation. They, 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 they just didn't want. They want they they to move on. They, it was a one-year no, no, trial. Listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's elite. If he's elite, you don't get rid of him. Clearly, he's he's not any. Well, elite I guess that's my point because good quarterbacks just don't wind up on the market. But how many elite quarterbacks are there? If the Saints, oh, don't, if the Saints don't sign Derek Carr, who are you going to end up with? Andy Dalton or Baker Mayfield? Both of them uh, are I, worse. They're worse players. I, I would just, if I'm the Saints, I, I could better utilize my resources no. than paying Andy, I mean, uh, uh, Derek Carr 30, north of $30 million. The Saints have been in salary cap hell my entire life. My entire life. The entire Drew Brees era, they've been in salary cap hell. Since they signed Drew Brees to his contract extension, the first one, the the, the, the five-year, $100 million contract after the Super Bowl, they've been in salary cap hell ever since. And every year, they compete. Every year, they're either in the playoffs well, or I, almost I, I, in the playoffs. I get it when you're competing for the title. You ain't competing, though, so you got to cut that crap out and get back right. That is my opinion. But you wow. don't. Like you can't point to any – you can't point to any – Scenario that has happened that that suggests that that is true. No, because they keep kicking the can down the road, and you got you got you got players that you're paying that ain't even on the damn roster that you're paying for another three or four years. They were paying Junior Gallet while they he was might, in jail. They might still be paying Junior Gallet. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like it doesn't matter. It just it, doesn't matter. Well, uh, it is. Okay. If it happens, I'll, t- I'll put it to you like this: If it happens where the Saints have a chance to compete, and then they go. Damn, we can't sign this guy because we're in salary cap hell. Then I'll go, man. Kevin was right. Until that happens, I'm just. I don't think they do things I like would. they do things like cut Von Bell. They do things like cut Trey. Henderson. Oh, y'all don't resign anybody, right? But the the way the way it works and the way he kicks the can down the curve, they competitive every year. They win seven games every year. How many teams you think since 2006 have won seven games? Every year, I'll tell you one. The New Orleans Saints. What now? What is that? Seven wins is not a lot, but it's more than any other team in the league has won. Every single year, they win seven games. I don't know, man. Because if you win seven games, you're two or three games away from the. I playoffs. just don't think it's a smart investment of thirty more to thirty million dollars into Derek Carr. Well, I hope it's thirty. I hope it's thirty. I hope it's not 35, 38. That's too I much. Mean, the, That's too much. 
I think anyway, over 30 is too much. I I'll just, be- just play it back with Andy Dalton for six no, million. Can't do that. Hey man, and then look, you might, might come in, you might be able to get Caleb Williams. They're never going to be bad enough for Caleb Williams. They might be. They're never going to be they that bad. They might be. Andy Dalton's not getting any better. They're not going to. You know be you're going to be without AK forty uh, AK forty two. That's what I'm saying. Six Listen, seven games. Why not? They were the worst. This was the worst Saints team in twenty years. They were seven and ten. They were one Mark Ingram yard away from probably being the division champs. And this was the worst Saints team we've had in twenty but years. But you got so many other needs also. We have two big. Two big needs ahead of quarterback. Defensive tackle. They have to get a defensive tackle. We got edge rushes for days. And they need a running back. They have they need to multiple get running a backs. running back. Yeah, I mean, NFL running back. Y'all are handing off to Eno Benjamin and David Johnson at the end of the year, man. We, I would have taken Bart Scott. <laughs> God. Like they need an NFL running back. They get an NFL running back, a defensive tackle, and a quarterback. You, you also have a problem at safety because I think Tyron Matthew is not the same anymore, and Marcus made as a whiff. That, that was just that, that, that was as a whiff. Well, I, I think Tyron Matthew started coming on at the end of the year. I think he spent the first year probably uh, telling all his friends, "Hey, man, I'm back home, but y'all gonna have to leave me alone." <laughs> and then at the second, the second half of the season, he became what we thought he was gonna uh, be. I think he's almost. Out of gas, bro. He, he's like he's like Chris Paul stage right now. You gotta, you gotta work on your. When you talk about the Saints, you gotta remember that you gotta take that hater hat off. I'm just not a for, hater, man. Just for a little while. I'm not a hater because I, I actually while. like when the Saints are good and when they get their behinds whipped, so I can talk about y'all. I just tell the truth, man. A lot of people don't like hearing the truth. You know, I give my team the business. Who's gonna win a Daytona 500? Oh, man, you can't call that. But I will tell you this. The favorite, of course, is going to be Denny Hamlin. He's like the best restrictor play driver. I mean, you just got to survive to the end. You know there's going to be a lot of a lot of wrecks. So, I mean, the big one. The big one, baby. But <laughs> I'll probably be looking out for Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano. Uh, even I can't stand this guy, man, uh, Austin Dillon. He just seems to find his way to the front. How I don't know. He should he should not be allowed to drive a car with the number three on it. That's a disservice to NASCAR, man. That guy's a when you want to talk about a roach, that dude's a roach. But uh, I don't know. I mean, Ross Chastain, man. I think somebody put him in the wall for all the wrecking he did people last year. So, I mean, Bubba Wallace is gonna be up in the front too. I'd love to see Bubba win it. That's that would probably that would make my year, man. Well, we gonna be watching. Yeah, we gonna be watching. Man.